0: Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and that means it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday show. I'm Warren Thompson and it's uh, been a fairly uh, quiet day on the JSE, but uh, there were results out of CarTrack and in just a few moments we will be playing an interview I conducted with Zach Callisto, the CEO uh, of CarTrack, another great set of results for them with headline earnings growing based on underlying growth in subscribers for its uh, range of, of technological products tracking vehicles. Uh, and fleet logistics, so we will play that in just a few moments. And then, uh, discussing markets with me today will be Paul Fache from Unum Capital. Uh, we'll be speaking speaking to him by telephone to get his view of what's happening in the markets. With financials down three quarters of a percent, the only boss, only part of the boss at the moment that is in the red. Uh, so we will be catching up with Paul. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business.
1: MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za.
0: You're back with the MoneyWeb at Midday show. Today, Cartrack announced full-year results to the end of February which saw robust subs- subscriber growth of 25% to 751,380 uh, individual contracts. Uh, the company was also able to grow headline earnings per share by 17%. I caught up with its CEO, Zach Callisto, just uh, a few minutes ago, and this is what he told us.
2: Uh, thank you very much, Warren. Um, well, the set of results have come in with the expectations. Um, I still believe that... Um, I always feel that we could have done more, but
0: uh, we very content management is content with our results okay great uh, in particular what uh, what's driving uh, what I see is driving this uh the, the very impressive growth in headline earnings uh, starts with your uh, subscriber growth, which grew twenty five percent to seven hundred and fifty one thousand three hundred and eighty units. Just give us a bit of a sense as to where you're seeing that growth uh, and specifically uh, the geography and, and what, what type of product you're seeing there? Well, we
2: really market with for the uh, seven vehicle recovery, uh, uh, vehicle theft insurance. We're starting to take some good take up. But I think fundamentally what's giving us the growth is that uh, we finally have sorted out our distribution and we've been able to bring on more talent into the company. And uh, the last year we added over 150,000 subscribers. Uh, we added close to 90,000 subscribers just in the last six months. And in the first two months of this financial year, we've already added in excess of 30,000 subscribers. So we're really seeing uh, good momentum and we believe the markets on the penetrator
0: then we continue to, uh, we will continue to drive uh, the growth. You you're active across a number of geographies. Specifically, where where are you uh, you're seeing this this uh, subscriber growth? Is it across all the geographies or country, countries you operate in, or uh, is South Africa still very much the the core of that growth?
2: Well, we've seen growth in all the segments. The only segment that we're not—it's uh, very flat, uh, very little growth, in actual fact, no growth—is Africa outside of South Africa but South Africa in terms of percentage it's really good growth in terms of nominal subscribers it's obviously the biggest coming from a big base it's also you know the biggest uh, subscriber growth but Asia and Europe have all had really good subscriber growth so Fundamentally, the growth is good in all segments, and I think Africa uh, we will see growth uh, with the new management structures that we 've been putting in place. Uh, I genuinely believe that in this coming twelve to eighteen months we 're going to start
0: seeing good growth also coming out of Africa all right, great so uh, in respect of the current, uh, your, your current business model and where you operating, uh, are you anticipating uh, any new entering any new markets in the forthcoming year and and uh, uh, do uh, i presume acquisitions don't really uh, make sense for you given the fact that uh, you're able to enter the market with the technology that you have and you seem to be able to compete uh, very uh, very positively with uh, the incumbents so just give us a sense of what your uh, plans are for the business uh, in the next 12 months
2: uh, we certainly aren't uh, planning to go into any new markets. Uh, we've positioned, we've registered the company in Australia, but allow, that was more to reserve our name and just to give presence for future. But I think we uh, we got a lot to do in the current markets we're in, and I think we, we're too stretched to go into a new market at this point in time, and we've just got to focus for the next two years on the current markets we're in. Uh, we'll only
0: go into a new market if absolutely necessary. Okay, just one other thing on your product offering. You, you said in your SENS announcement, in, insurance telematics is fast becoming a critical component in risk management. The launch of the 9 99 theft-only insurance product coincides with the significant uh, si- significant value that insurance telematics is bringing to the insurance industry. Just give us a little bit of color around what that product offering is.
2: Well, uh, the product, what we find, is worth about approximately 70% of the South Africa vehicle owners, they have got no insurance whatsoever on their vehicles. They don't even have third-party insurance. So uh, most uh, most people can't afford your traditional third-party. Well, not even fully comprehensive, and they're really concerned about losing the vehicle. And we're now addressing that. Where we're for 199, they can take fifth insurance on the, on the vehicle, and uh, that's the insurance we're offering for the uninsured market, which is about 70% of the vehicles on the road.
0: That was Zach Callisto, the CEO of Cartrack. We're back with the MoneyWeb at Midday Show and time to have a look at the markets at the moment. Uh, Just barring the financials, as I I pointed out in the introduction, they're now down uh, 0.8%. Uh, And very interesting to see that it's actually Standard Bank that's taking a lot of damage today, down 5% following an update uh, it provided via SENS in relation to information uh, it passes to its parent uh, or or one of its uh, largest investors, ICBC. uh, And we'll be asking Paul Fischer for his thoughts on that in a second. But the All Share Index, marginally positive at the moment, just up one-fifth of a percent. Um, uh, industrials up uh, almost three quarters of a percent. Uh, Gold mining is just marginally uh, negative at the moment and resources up uh, nearly one percent at the moment. Uh, Behind Naspers, though, it is Standard Bank uh, that is uh, the second most traded share on the bourse this morning. Uh, And the currencies, uh, the rand, continuing to take losses, almost down 2% against the U.S. dollar to 12 rand 29. Against the pound, it's lost almost 1.5% to 17 rand 14. And against the euro, down over 1% to 15 rand. Gold's at $1,326 an ounce. Not a great day for platinum, down almost 6% at the moment to $971 an ounce. Platinum faring a little bit better, down only 1.5% to $918 Uh, I'm now talking to Paul Fischer from Unum Capital via telephone. He joins me. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Paul.
1: Hi, Warren. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, clearly what's happening uh, in relation to the financials, which is uh, the only sector that's down at the moment, was uh, Standard Bank that's seen a big knockdown to almost uh, 6% at the moment. Uh, Have you had the time to go through the uh, update provided uh, to ICBC?
1: I briefly looked at it, Warren. Um, yeah, I can't really see the reason for such a, for such a massive drop. I think more what's happening is Standard Bank looks to be catching up with the other banks. It's, uh, the other banks have fallen off quite, uh, quite heavily over the last few days and, and Standard Bank's actually been you know, holding up quite well. I think today's just more of a catch up with that. So maybe combined with, uh, the, the report to the ICBC, which wasn't, uh, exactly, I mean, there was a, there was definitely a drop in, uh, shares of equity on, uh, on the report, but nothing, uh, that looks, that looks to be causing such a such a catch up. So I think this is more just a catch up in terms of uh, Standard Bank catching up with other banks.
0: Okay. Uh, you
1: know, ra- share prices on a daily basis are quite random, so it's hard to read anything too
0: much into that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. No, just obviously with that uh, update, uh, surprising. It, it looks like it has reacted to that, uh, but we'll yeah. we'll keep an eye on what uh, what transpires there. Uh, in terms of the uh, company's uh, reporting results today, it's really just been um, it's just been car Track. Is that a company that you follow in any great uh, degree?
1: We, we we had did have a look at the results, Warren. Um, not something we follow very closely. It, it did seem to post very good results. Um, good good uh, annuity income that's coming through there. A um, lot of money is being spent on innovation, and I think it is in a, in, in a sort of growth uh, industry, especially within South Africa. The um, problem with it is it's very small and it's, uh, it's very lowly traded. So even if you look at the share price today on the back of with uh, quite good results, I mean, I think it was a 28% increase in revenues and a, a similar increase in uh, earnings um you know the share price hasn't really done much today so you know it's one of those ones where oh, i'd love to i'd love to be able to have a look at it but it's just there's, there's no volume in order to be able to trade it right it really for for, for any, any investor with significant assets to put into it
0: right uh, quite uh, yeah quite uh, quite a tough one there obviously just lacking uh, a little bit of size there to get uh, that that institutional interest uh, up there
1: yeah it's, it's it's quite closely, uh, uh, about 80% of the shares are quite tightly held, so, so you know only about 20% of the shares actually trade uh, freely, so it's quite hard to get a any or significant position in the share.
0: In other news, we've got uh, Libstar Holdings uh, f- publishing its uh, pre-listing statement. Is that going to, uh, have you going to have a, a closer look at that and see uh, what's coming in that uh, listing, which is due in, in the early part of May?
1: Yeah, it looks like it's set to list on the ninth of May. We have had a look at it. Um, look, the bill and bear cases for for the listing, uh, with, with I suppose any listing, uh, you know, the bull cases obviously that they want to pay off, they, they want to raise about 1.5 billion rand that they want to pay off uh, debt with, which will open up flexibility on their on their balance sheet and allow them to sort of pursue the what they have been doing up till now, which is acquiring businesses. Um, so that's quite exciting from that point. Uh, obviously, a concerning uh, factor that we were looking at is the revenue growth rates over the last few years have, have slowed down quite significantly. So that is something to obviously bear in mind too. Um, from our point of view, uh, you know, or from my point of view, I don't really like to look at, at, at listings. I'd rather let the, the price sort of find its uh, place in the market and then and then look to buy and make a decision based on a market price. But it is an exciting company. I think uh definitely one to look out for. The management team has uh, has done a good job in the last few years of focusing more on the contract manufacturing side, which has been a quite a growth uh, story in South Africa. Um, and they have a lot of good brands, uh, uh, really big brands, that they manufacture themselves as well. So, kind of well positioned I think in, a, in an industry that probably continues to grow um, but for our side uh, yeah, like I said just, I don't like to, to, to really look at an at a IPO I'd rather wait for the share to come into the market and then make a decision based on that
0: Okay, great. Uh, the other one that obviously came out uh, yesterday is uh, Old Mutual now heading towards its uh, listing towards the end of June. Have you been able to get your head around uh, what investors will be getting exposure to uh, if and when they purchase the shares uh, at that IPO? Not not one
1: I've actually looked at. one. I can't really comment on that yet. I haven't actually had a look at it. Um, yeah, perhaps. Uh, maybe we can help you next week on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it is quite a complex uh, arrangement there. There's uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of businesses moving in and out. Uh, and then there's going to be obviously uh, the sale of the stake in, in uh, Nedbank, as I understand it as well. So certainly it's going to yeah, take no- quite a few people to get uh, a few hours to get uh, to get a good understanding of what's going on there
1: yeah I think look the main the main premise of the whole thing is yes uh, trying to try and extract value from different business units and and sort of separate everything and that's what the current c e o was really there to do. Um, so he's pretty much doing what he, was, what he was brought in to do, which is separating all the business units out and trying to extract value from it. But you know, quite complicated deals and something that will take, you know, I think, quite a while for analysts to look at and sort of get their heads uh, wrapped around.
0: What certainly uh, many people are now looking at, uh, based on uh, the few people I spoke to yesterday around uh, this, this uh, sustained, I think this... It's probably more an initial stage of weakness of the rand against the dollar following the big comeback after December is that uh, there seems to be again another uh, cycle of on-off, risk on-off trading. Uh, Just give us uh, what you're kind of seeing in the currency at the moment with the rand having another bad day against uh, its major trading partners. Is this something we're going to see sustained weakness in?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say, look, I mean, the RAND has been uh, quite strong over the last few months, obviously on the back of political uh, uh, the political situation. Look, the RAND is weak across uh, all the major currencies today, but it's more a, a function of dollar strength. If you look at over the last uh, few weeks, it's more that the dollar is strengthened and, and the RAND has strengthened quite severe, uh, weakened quite severely against the dollar. Against the, the pound and the euro, it's sort of around, you know, it's pretty pretty range-bound of where it was a few days ago. Um, today quite weak though. I think, yeah, you probably see, um, the RAND has been quite strong. I think, you know, on inflation concerns, uh, risks of, uh, you know, the big uh, economies are starting to raise rates. I think you will probably see money fall out of emerging market currencies and back into more developed currencies. I think that's just a sort of as a macro trend. Um, big numbers obviously to look out for this week would be the ECB rate decision. That's going to be a big one to look out for on Thursday and then the BOJ as well on Friday.
0: What are you expecting um, there, Apple, Paul? What are you expecting? Uh,
1: uh, I, think, I think probably in the ECB we'll see rates, rates uh, stay flat. Um, but I think there is definitely the rhetoric around there's going to be more sort of risk to the upside.
0: Okay, so... uh see rate's
1: increasing, yeah. So I think, I think that's a big danger at the moment uh, globally is, especially in Europe and in the States, is that rates will start having to be increased, I think, a little bit quicker as inflation concerns become uh, more of a factor.
0: All right. Uh, and, and certainly, I mean, the way we, we see it at the moment is that with uh, unemployment unemploy- uh, uh, or unemployment at certainly uh, very low levels in the US, uh, the ability for inflation to, to kind of flourish or grow in that uh, environment is really what's going to be driving a lot of the interest rate decisions.
1: Absolutely, and uh, obviously, look. At the, the trade war talk around the trade wars has been a little bit more muted lately. But there's always a risk there too. I mean, any impending trade war would also be very uh, extremely inflationary, um, which would also obviously cause them to raise rates quicker.
0: All right, great. Well, uh, there's always uh, always things to, to uh, keep a lookout for, and uh, obviously, I will certainly be paying close attention to that uh, later this week. But uh, thanks very much for your insight today, Paul.
1: Cool. Thanks for talking. Uh, thanks for uh, the chat, Warren.
0: See you Okay, great. That was Paul Fischay from Unum Capital. Remember, remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success. Four is stability. And three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. That brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. I'll also be hosting the SAFM market update on the SAFM uh, from 6 to 7 this evening so tune into that if you'd like more analysis and uh, uh, information regarding what has transpired during the business day alternatively tune into rsg from six to seven uh, for our african speaking business show then until the same time tomorrow cheers for now